Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Edelberg. And once again, welcome to the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 156. So as you can imagine, I met quite a few people at the USAM Abandoned Dunes. I was able to reconnect with some of the best amateurs in the world that I have previously had as guests on the Back of the Range. U.S. Mid-Am champs like Matt Parziali, Kevin O'Connell, and Stuart Hagestad. I was able to meet some of the youngsters that you're going to see competing in the USAM for quite some time. Michael Thielbertson, Carl Phillips, yes, I know he was injured, but he'll be back, Preston Summerhays, and Mr. 64 Aaron Dew. And I also enjoyed the time I spent with four amateurs in the field that have combined for 151 USGA championships. That would be Gene Elliott, Doug Hansel, Dave Ryan, and Sean Knapp. I was there all week, right until the end, and was fortunate enough to spend time with Tyler Strafacci throughout the entire final and get to have a nice conversation with him on episode 154, and he ultimately left Bandon Dunes with the Havemeyer Trophy. And then there's Ollie. It might have said Charles Osborne on his registration form, but everyone now knows him as Ollie. So I bumped into him quite a bit at the U.S. Amateur, and I I guess you could say it was good timing to always be able to get an interview with him. But when you make it all the way to the finals, you're going to have some ample time for conversation. I think the first time that I spoke with Ollie was after the 64 he shot in the second stroke play round, which infamously came after the brownie Sunday he had the night before. As many of you know, he went on to have brownie Sundays every night as a good luck ritual. I spent a lot of time with Ollie and his teammate Mac Meisner at Bandon Dunes. Their dads were there as well, just super people, very welcoming. I spent time texting Ollie's coach at SMU, Chris Parra, during the week. By the way, um, SMU has two USGA champions on their team. That would be Noah Goodwin and Ben Wong. They have Mac Meisner, the 2020 Southern Am champion. And they have Ollie, who is the 2020 U.S. Amateur runner-up. So looking ahead to college golf, you might want to watch out for the Mustangs. As I said, Ollie and his dad, Steve, were always available for a chat. I actually sat with them the night before the final during dinner, which also led to that video of Ollie eating a brownie that made it onto the Golf Channel broadcast of the championship match. I wonder who shot that video. Hmm. Before we get to this absolutely hysterical episode, please make sure you are following along on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Another thing to remember is that every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. Episodes are going to be coming out pretty fast, so you're going to fall behind. That's okay. Just make sure that you are listening to these previous episodes. Again, they're all available on the website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you get a podcast you can find the back of the range. Logo towels are for sale. Hats are on order. Face coverings are on order. More on that later. Now, I get asked all the time, Ben, what's your favorite episode? And this is really an impossible question. There are great episodes for many 
there I have favorite episodes for different reasons. It's really hard to compare them. Um, I love doing them all, but every episode is just so different. But I can easily say that this episode is probably one of the funniest in the history of the back of the range. And it's all because of my guest, Ali Osborne, the 2020 U.S. Amateur runner-up. Ali, how are you? Doing great. How about you? I'm I'm well. I'm recovered from uh, from the USAM abandon. I feel like you and I have spoken more than I, I think I've spoken to you more in the last two weeks than probably anyone else. Um, I, I, are you tired of me yet? I mean, I'm I'm st- uh, actually no. Oh. Uh, it was kind of throughout the week. I was a little sad and a little lonely. Uh, so it was definitely nice to hear from somebody else. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Uh, we're going in that direction already. Uh, we, yeah, you look like you needed friends. I don't, I mean, it just, you, you seemed okay the whole time. I mean, you, you got to play a lot of golf out in Oregon. I mean, this was, I mean, did you even bother to count up how many, I guess, rounds of golf you probably played out there? Uh, shoot. We, well, we played a uh, sheep's ranch, uh, the Thursday before right. and we did that part three contest on Friday practice round Saturday, Sunday, and then seven round or seven days of golf in a row. And a couple, well, the last day was 36, obviously. And I think I only played there are a couple rounds in there. Where, yeah, there's a couple rounds in there that, that ended early, but have you ever played that much golf in that many consecutive days? Uh, no, that, that was, uh, I've definitely like played a long, long time in a row, just 18, but like those not walking at least. Right. And then it was 36 days. So yeah, that was definitely most golf I've played in a row for probably my entire life. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there's a time to do it, uh, the USAM is the time and we'll, we'll talk about the USAM a little bit later and we'll, we'll talk about what's, what's in store for you. I mean, runner up at the USAM obviously gets you into the masters, gets you into the U S open and, and opens up uh, other exciting doors. But, you know, a lot of people are probably just learning about you based on that one week at Bandon Dunes. And, uh, yes, we will definitely talk about the damn brownie. I feel like I am guilty of <laughs> elevating that into your life because uh, that damn video is everywhere. So uh, before we get yeah. into – yeah, I know. Before we get into that, though, I mean, you're – Sophomore at SMU and at Reno, Nevada. So let's get a little background. Tell me about maybe your junior golf in Reno and how you found your way to SMU. Oh, wow. Uh, well, uh, I actually started playing tournaments uh, when I was three. I There was this little junior deal at Montreux that they put together, and my parents signed me up as soon as possible. And I started there, and then I – I did a bunch of Northern Nevada events, uh, which sometimes they're okay and sometimes they're awful. It could be snowing. Okay. Um, <laughs> it kind of depends. Um, and uh, then in, there's there's not a ton of competition in Reno, so I had to go out. And my my dad and my brother and I would uh, kind of venture out to Northern California a lot probably almost like every weekend, every other weekend for those NCGA events. And then, um, then I started to get in those AJGA events a little later in my career uh, and managed to do a little better in those. And uh, the way I got into SMU actually is kind of, kind of funny. Uh, so my buddy, Josh Sedino is from Northern California and he was committed under Josh Gregory. Yep. And then, um, 
And then Enlo took over, and he, he was still committed. And so he's, he told me to give Enlo a call and stuff. So I uh, decided to do that my freshman year of high school. Um, and I was always, I was always interested, uh, kind of kept in touch with them. Um, and then Josh actually decommitted Sedino. Um, and then I committed probably a year after he decommitted. So, uh, I mean, without Josh, it would have never happened. So, yeah, so, kinda... so how, why SMU? I mean, I, I mean, great history with the program, obviously, you know, multiple guys have gone through there and, and made it onto tour, whether it's Kelly Craft or Bryson or, or Payne Stewart. I mean, there's great history there. But I'm just thinking mm-hmm. of a guy that comes from Nevada. You know, I'm thinking this, you know, playing Northern California. I mean, you kind of have Pac-12 written all over you. It's one thing for your buddy to say, hey, call, you know, you know, call down to Enlo, call down to SMU. But maybe at some point you need to step foot on campus or you have to go take a visit. What was mm-hmm. it about SMU that really, um, that really piqued your interest? Yeah. Um, so my sophomore year, I came out for a visit uh, to the facility and, uh, and Lo took me around the campus. I thought the campus was awesome. Um, and then uh, he brought me out to where I'm at right now, actually, at Trinity Forest. And uh, it was like he told me their plan and uh, how it's going to look at the end. And I, I kind of fell in love with that. And uh, also, um, not many people know this, but my, my dad went to SMU. Um, so you know. he, he had connections, too, and uh, said it was some of the best like his the best time of his life and he had his buddies down here and stuff so uh that that definitely helped to know uh my dad had been here and enjoyed it and uh i would say the main part for sure was definitely trinity force though that uh that clears up the picture now now we're starting to we we, we <laughs> unravel mysteries here at the back of the range okay so your dad went to smu now trinity forest i have never i've never been there uh i do have mm-hmm. a standing do you have a standing invite to play it though? Which was, you know, while you were busy, you know, trying to, you know, win the Hefemeyer Trophy, I was making golf connections basically as much as I could. I kind of had, <laughs> I, I couldn't just, you know, talk to you all the time. I got to take care of myself. But tell me, so talk to me about Trinity Forest as a, as a home base for for SMU and what you're able to do there. The membership, you know, tell tell me a little bit about this place. Yeah, so uh, we we have our own building on the. The back of the range, uh, <laughs> actually. There you go. I <laughs> um, mean, come on. So, uh, so that that was a big seller. Um, but we have our own hitting bay, our locker rooms back here, and uh, it's just a great building. And then um, we actually have a wedge range and a short course, and then a, a range with like three different sides oh, on uh, just across the like highway, and it's really easy to get to. And then the course itself, um, Court Crenshaw, kind of. Very lengthy for a U.S. course. Sure. Um, so it's it's kind of kind of cool to see out here. There's, there is absolutely no trees. So uh, I actually our punch shots have definitely gotten a lot, the punch outs have gotten a lot worse. I, I, I'm starting so, I'm starting to see why uh, someone that spends a lot of time out there at Trinity Forest would have some success at Bandon Dunes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. Putting from about forty yards and. Playing old man golf, yeah, for sure. Easy now, easy now. I'm, I'm twice your age. Let's just calm, <laughs> let's just calm down. Um, all right, so so here's my question for you. you: You spend, you come into SMU, you actually win your first collegiate event as a freshman at Kiowa, and you're beating out guys on your team that have 
I mean, Goodwin, uh, you know, no Goodwin, Ben Wong, they have USGA titles on their resume. Um, obviously, I spoke to Mac a, a couple weeks before the USAM. He now has a has a Southern Amateur title on his resume. And then you just stroll in and win a, win a tournament as a freshman. Uh, did that surprise you, or did it surprise your teammates, or were you just like, all right, well, I'm here, I might as well win? Uh, it, was, it was a weird week. I think it was about three weeks into college. Um, and, I yeah, I, I looked up to those guys there. Uh, I thought very highly of – I still do think highly of uh, Ben, <laughs> Noah, and Mac. I got to watch myself. That's um, okay. Um, no, though I I still look up to them, and uh, they were great players. And obviously, yeah, I haven't I hadn't done as much as they had, so it was uh, it was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, I got out to the event and I just started playing. And I was like, uh, these guys aren't as good as I thought they are. So <laughs> I, I thought I was going to be trailing behind a little bit, but it was nice to just get in there and uh, kind of do my thing and come out with a win. But it was kind of a weird win because. Uh, I played two days. I had a one-shot lead, and I come into the clubhouse, and I uh, they take my score, and they're like, uh, I think I shot one under that last day, and I, was, and I, I agreed with it. And uh, they said, tomorrow's canceled, so you're the champion. I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> wait, wait a minute. So, oh, yeah, so I saw it was they a They canceled for the hurricane that was oh. coming in. This doesn't even count. Why am I even wasting my time talking about this? I know, right? That, that's, that, that was why I was so mad about my first college win. I was like, this thing doesn't even count. Oh, oh it's a little 36-hole hit and giggle. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I know, right? So, yeah, I was, I was definitely a little disappointed, but uh, I guess it still counted as a win somehow. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give it to you. So, now, what's interesting is you mentioned, like, you look up to these guys, you see these names, and you're like, wow, I can play with these guys you know that that's going to happen to you too. I mean, now there's going to be guys that are going to be playing in, in a collegiate tournament and they're going to see Ali Osborne up there and they're going to be thinking, oh, that's, that's, the, that's the guy that runnered up at the USAM. And, and that's what's going to happen. You're, you're one of those names now. And they'll just shank it around. And they're like, wow, this guy sucks. <laughs> All right. So, so tell, me about your, uh, tell me about your mental uh, coach that you're working with uh, that has you so highly primed and operating so strongly with all this positive uh, affirmation that you have going on right now? Uh, you know, actually, I uh, yesterday was the first day I've ever been to a psychologist. Okay. Um, how'd, so uh, how'd that definitely, go? Uh, it, was, it was interesting. It was kind of talking about my feelings and stuff, and I was a little uncomfortable at some point but it <laughs> we made is, it through is this a sports psychologist or were you laying on a couch and no 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 uh, yeah it's a sports psychologist okay, just he's, for, make he's sure. for golf okay i just yeah i'm not i'm not going through a midlife okay, crisis okay. don't worry again with the midlife shit um really sorry that's all right um because there's, there's hipaa violations we can't talk about your medical history so we're not going to do that um so you're you're going to be one of those guys that people are looking up to is that a place that you actually can see yourself in do you want to be in that place where you're one of these top names in collegiate amateur golf or i mean i I, i'm genuinely curious is that a role that you want to be in oh i'd love to yeah it's uh i mean i it's kind of weird to think that uh it may have already happened um it hasn't really set in yet right but uh uh it's uh, yeah I'm, i'm excited 
for what, what's to come. But yeah, definitely that's a role I'd love to take on. Last season, the spring obviously did not end the way I don't think didn't end the way anyone wanted to. No, no one got to make a return to their conference championship or the nationals or anything. So uh, it's been interesting to kind of follow a lot of the players and see what they've done basically from, I guess, March to July to see what they've done to prep or get ready. Um, take me back to when things kind of went into lockdown and quarantine. What what was the state of your game? What was this, you know, where were you in March? What were you doing? We got the news. School got out. I think that was like that March 12th. And that, that was, uh, or no, it was more like March 14th or something. I was right in the middle of spring break. Um, and I was actually in Houston with Ben. Um, and I, I was feeling pretty good about my game. Um, but spring break, I, I probably uh, didn't spend too much time playing golf. Yeah. <laughs> More time partying. Okay. But, uh, and then um, I went home for a little bit, uh, probably about a month, uh, and just did school. And it was awful because everything got shut down. So uh, I just uh, kind of stayed inside and had this little little putting mat and tried to make my own net in the backyard. But, I, yeah, I didn't. it was hard to pick up a club some days. Um, and then we came back. I came back to Dallas for uh, uh, like mid-April, and I stayed for about a month and a half. Did you just quarantine by yourself, or did, were you with teammates? Like, what? what is – I'm just trying to guess. If you're with your team, what What do you knuckleheads do under quarantine? Uh, yeah, I came back with the team, and it was just Jackson, Mac, and I at the golf house. All right, so you, you get back to the golf house, and you're with Jackson, you're with Mac, and I'm guessing there's not a lot of supervision during a time where there's really no golf to play and there's nothing to do. So – I don't want to get too into the details of, of how crazy the SMU golf house is, but can you at least share a story that isn't going to cause you or me or SMU any problems? Uh, shoot. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't know. We, we wake up in the morning at like 10 do school until about two and then go, go play golf. And it was our own repeat. Uh huh. That sounds for about like, a month. That sounds like a, Great. That sounds like a great life. I mean, that's that, that really does sound fun. Um, so as you're starting to kind of see a light at the end of the quarantine tunnel, so to speak, where, all right, I need to actually get myself ready for some of these summer tournaments and I need to kind of prep for the USAM. Let's just start with the USAM. I mean, you, you have your, your summer. You, I think you played in a handful of the – I think you played in a couple of tournaments. I don't have it right in front of me, but you played the Southern, I believe. And mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to the USAM. So you played the USAM last year, missed the cut, didn't make match play at Pinehurst, but you're coming into Bandon. Obviously, everyone's on a, um, you know, everyone's pretty much on an exemption. There's no qualifying. Your immediate thoughts of going out to Bandon and how this course might set up for you, I mean, walking in, what's your mindset? I just played the Cal State Am about two weeks ago, and uh, I was staying at Joey's house. Oh, so, you're staying uh, with Versage? Yeah, yeah, oh we we spent like the last month together. That all right? And, so uh, that explains so much because I just had Versage on la- on the last episode of the Back of the Range, and mm-hmm. he's all okay. So this is really interesting because Joey Versage, when you look at him and talk to him, you know right away that there's something a little bit off about him. You mm-hmm. have it hidden very well in this all <laughs> shucks. I just you know play golf and. 
So you're one of those where it's like you hide it, but you're secretly crazy. Exactly. Okay. Yes. But Joe, Joey does look homeless from the outside, so it's, <laughs> you can definitely tell. Yeah, you look like, you know, you're just part of like, you know, an after school special movie, like, you know, and, 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 he, <laughs> and he looks, okay, perfect. God, all right, so you spent a month and a half with Joey Versich. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All like, right. Yeah, because he was here at the Southern, and he stayed with us. Okay. And then we went, and then he came back to, no, we went straight to San Diego and uh, hung out with him. And then we went back to Reno after the Cal Stadium and hung out more. And then we went to Bandon together. Wow. So, uh, and we, yeah, I saw a lot of Joey. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy not to get nervous walking into a U.S. Amateur when you've just been hanging around with him. I mean, I'm guessing that's that's a good way to keep things nice and light. Um, yeah. Wow. All right. So you get in. So you get into Bandon, and as you said, you ha- you played Sheep Ranch, and you pay- played the the par three, just trying to stay loose. It's kind of an odd situation where you're at a tournament site several days previous to actually getting to see the golf courses that you're actually going to play on. Yeah. No. It was, yeah, it was definitely a little weird. Um, but uh, we 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 uh, we actually made the tee time for Sheep Ranch while we were still in Dallas, and. Uh, I was like, I don't know if I want to spend three hundred dollars to go play this course. And then Joey showed me a whole video of it, and I was like, All right, I gotta go play this course. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta check this place out. Um, I, I wasn't able to do that, but uh, I saw plenty out there. So you, I, I guess, famously, your your stroke play session. We're not going to run through every single shot of the of the championship, but I mean, famously, you go seventy-seven, sixty-four, and that's the birth of the damn brownie Sunday issue, which I didn't understand what that was. But you know, because I was posting things on social media the entire time for for myself and also for the USGA, and and I'm looking at your stuff and all your comments and like your Instagram stories. People are talking about this damn brownie, um, <laughs> and I was like, what? What? I'm thinking it's like it's a nickname, you know, like you know, because Osborne or. or brownie born something i'm thinking there's some sort of connection <laughs> and then i figure what it i think i t- i think i texted para i think i texted your coach to, to find out what's going on with this do, yeah do you remember when it actually became a thing i mean just having a couple brownie sundays isn't i mean when did people start like noticing it i know it was a thing at, before he shot the 64 but when did it become like oh gosh this is now a thing on my social media page uh it was when i did that first interview um, it was after uh, Cameron Sisk, uh, Cameron Sisk match on uh, 17. I was interviewing with uh, Bones, and he he asked me what I was gonna do after the round, and I said I was gonna roll a few putts and go grab a brownie. Uh huh. And then um, I for, when I turned on my phone next, I saw about a hundred stories oh. that I was tagged in, and it said feed the kid a brownie, and it like all my team posted one and post some pictures of brownies and then my brother and his buddies were all doing it. So, uh, it took off from there and I, I regret it because I came home and I had about 20 brownie platters. Oh my gosh. Really? From, from what? Like teammates and family? Yeah. Well, just, just all the family, friends and people <laughs> just, I'm like, guys, I, I don't love them that much. It just, I thought it was funny. So I said it. Well, I think I think I saw. Uh, now you knew what you were doing. I mean, th- this is probably your first time being on on live TV. I'm guessing, unless you know, 
unless there's something else in your past you haven't uncovered. I mean, you pretty much know what's coming. This is my opportunity to have a little fun. Yeah. <laughs> well said. All right. Good. Good. Well said. Um, <laughs> wow, that was ro- robust statement there. Um, all right. So let me let's let's talk a little bit about your dad. Your dad was on the bag the entire time, and this is not the first time you've had a family catting for you. Uh, can you sum up uh, the difference between having your dad on the bag at the USAM versus your brother on the bag at the Barracuda in a PGA Tour event? Um, I, uh, I made the cut with Papa Steve, and I missed the cut with Steven. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know why we've gone into these short answers, but uh, let's let's ask a little bit about your, your brother's style. I've seen, I saw, they did a little video clip of, of you and your brother while he was counting for you at the Barracuda, and I'm thinking to myself, these guys, if they don't make the cut, they're just going to get kicked out anyway because they're probably going to steal something or, or break something there. Uh, was, it, was it just two kids just running kind of roughshod over this place? I thought we were very professional. Okay. But maybe maybe a little bit for sure. Um but I, it was it was kind of cool to have him on the bag, but no, it was, it was a little awkward being that young uh and all these kind of older guys out there. Who who were you able to actually go up to at a PGA Tour event and and be somewhat normal? Uh shoot. Or Honestly, what? just my brother. Really? So you just felt like you're on just you couldn't. There, really... there were some staff at Montreux that I I could kind of have a normal conversation with, but I mean everybody else was so different. Like I couldn't shoot the shit with anybody. Really? I uh, I mean like always your parents, but like they're not there. Oh, actually, uh, I qualified with uh, a guy named Taylor Montgomery. Okay. And I played a practice round with them. And so I actually played practice round for the pre-qual with them uh, at Dayton and then um, qualify with them at Hidden Valley. And then we played practice round at Montreux together. Nice. And then my brother knew him. So, I, yeah, we could kind of have some fun. Nice. But, other, but, but that, that was about it. About it. Okay. Now, I saw your dad, obviously, the entire week. And even uh, you know with other matches not just in the final but your conversations with him uh, obviously couldn't l- hear them or, or pick them up but they seem like they're very quick very succinct um describe kind of the i guess the 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 caddy relationship between you two discussing i mean discussing shots were you just basically confirming with him what you thought or was he were you bringing him in for advice what was kind of the dynamic there um honestly i would uh I'd pull a club and tell him what I liked and he would either say yay or nay. And, uh, most of the time it was yay. So, uh, sure. yeah, it turned out to be pretty quick most of the time. Yeah. You and then if I, if I had a question, like, yeah, I'd ask, uh, like, do you like a five or a six iron or something like that? But it was, it was, that was pretty quick for the most part. No, you, you were, uh, one of the things I really liked about your game is just, I mean, obviously just super quick player and, Really, has that always been the case? Because I, I, I'm thinking that you know this is just your second time playing in the USG event. It's your first time getting to match play, and obviously every match gets you closer to the ultimate goal. You would think that maybe you would slow down a little bit or start to think a little bit more. I mean, that's just not, not just you. I'm just saying in general, anyone's like, oh my gosh, I'm in the round of 16. Oh, I'm in the quarters, and okay, let's. This is a big deal. You just pretty much seem to be even keel the entire way around and played at the same pace. 
Um, is that pretty much how you approach the game? Uh, so when I got to SMU, I, uh, my teammates, uh, Noah and Mac, and uh, a little bit of Ben, were extremely quick. And okay. that they would always tell me I was extremely average in my speed. So I, I, I've, I've been working on it but ever since I got here. But uh, no, definitely the last two years, <laughs> they helped me speed up my game a little bit. Okay. And so it, it, it takes my head out of it a lot, too. During the final against uh, Strafacci, I mean, look, you know, we're, we're just – and he, he knows it, too. He mentioned that he was a little bit slow, and, and we can – we don't need to go into that direction of how slow or, or if whatever it is, but how how challenging is it when you know that your pace of play is different than your opponents? Whether if you're the fast one or the slow one, like how do you? Because there's no there's no crowd out there, there's no one else to watch. While you know, I mean, there's nothing to do out there. So how do you keep your head in it? Kind of hard sometimes with uh, they're kind of polar opposite because uh, you're just sitting there. I think I like sometimes I just started just having a full on conversation with my dad just like completely off topic but yeah it's it's in, it, I tried to keep patience but it, uh, at some points it definitely required a lot of patience so you just kind of kind of have to wait but i mean nothing i'm not like worried i'm not like worried about getting iced or like icing the kicker or anything like that, right. like that. so uh i thought it was okay um i, I knew it was kind of his game so uh i, I was I'm like I was ready for um, almost anything, but it was all right. Well, you made this great run. You know, you get into match play, and and I think one of my I had a lot of favorite moments of the week, but I think one of the favorites was uh, you win your round of sixty four match against William Walker, and I I know that we met and spoke after that, and you made some comment like I think I just shot eighty five. I have to go to the range right now, and I looked it up, and with concessions, you shot a a blistering seventy seven. So, um, you know, <laughs> oh wow, yeah, yeah, you broke you broke eighty of their parts. So obviously, you know that's going to happen in match play. There are going to be times where you're going to shoot six under and lose, you know, three and two. There's going to be times that you're going to shoot seventy seven and you you get by. So that happens to everyone. Um, <laughs> Did you have a conscious thought of what you were working on at the range? Because I was there with you and Mac while you guys were working at it, and I don't, I didn't really see any issues. I don't understand what you guys are working on. So, what was your, what were you doing then at at the range, just trying to? I mean, you tell me. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, with my swing, I, I keep it really simple. So like the only thing I was really doing was just kind of getting a little off balance kind of at the start. So I tend to get on my toes. Um, so I, I try to feel like I sit on my heels a lot. And then I just kind of, that, that's all I really need to do. And then I, after that, I just think of like, just, I need to rotate that left hip around or right, right hip around the corner or something like that. Sure. But for the most part, it was, I definitely had to work a little bit on uh, putting cause I putted awful. I think I had about 40 putts that day. Well, I I can't look at that, but I can see that you got through that match, and then you get through, <laughs> you get through Noah Norton in the round of thirty-two. That one was was you could tell you were playing a lot better there, and then you know that's, then really you, you kind of don't run into an issue until you get to Cameron Sisk in the round of eight. And um, what's it like when you're four up through ten and then tied after fourteen holes? That happened quick. <laughs> yeah, I was. I mean, I I like kind of. I missed a couple shots, but I didn't play that bad. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he just tied. And I look at my dad. I'm like, "Oh shit!" 
but no, you're, I mean, you're kind of excited and then all of a sudden you're just, your heart kind of sinks because now he has all the momentum and sure. you're just sitting back and trying to just watch and keep your eyes open. So you, you get through that one you, you kind of, I think you kind of nodded off and took a nap for a I think you just went out and had a, <laughs> you just like wandered away and had a couple, had a smoothie or something and came back and you were tied. So then you went two holes and you get through that. Um, the Sharpstein match. This is basically the semifinals. You win this, you are you, you know what's coming. Is this? Uh, and I think I asked uh, uh, Tyler Strafacci the same question, and I'm just I would ask anyone this question that's in the in that position. Is uh, is the semifinal match in the U.S. Amateur the hardest match for an amateur to play in? Uh, definitely for me. Yeah, I was I was uh, more nervous for that one than the championship match. Um, I think it's strictly because of those exemptions. Yeah. Um, you just kind of thinking like, wow, this could do so much for me. Um, and all I had to do is get through this guy, but no, it makes it hard for sure. Yeah. You guys kind of came out pretty much, you know, kind of level the entire way. And then, um, I mean, you guys tied the first four holes and then it kind of went back and forth and you kind of closed them out in the back nine. Um, I mean, obviously you've been asked it so many times, you know, what's this like, you're going to play in the masters, but that night before the championship, like I, I know that's that that I, you know, you had the brownie that night, but at some point you gotta, you know, get back to the room and you know, you know, get rested, get off your feet, and you're kind of alone there with your thoughts. How did you sleep that night? What was that? Once you got out of the restaurant, you got you know settled and you know got got all squared away for the next day. I mean, do you remember that? I mean, I'm sure that evening you couldn't have slept great. Yeah, so I think I we had dinner. We went straight to McKee's at like eight, and then we uh, probably got in bed by like tenish. But I I slept awful. That was uh I I think I finally fell asleep around two two thirty. Wow. But I <laughs> it was it was the same thing for the last two matches. I like I was just sitting there just trying to relax because I. I knew I probably wasn't going to fall asleep for a long time, but it, it took forever to fall asleep those last two nights. I, I, I don't know. You just get those thoughts running through your head. Sure. It's like, uh, and then, yeah, it was a crazy week and it's, uh, my mind was just racing for about four hours. Once I hit the pillow, you get up in the morning and I mean, it's a long day. It's, it's 36 holes. If I remember right, it was probably like a nine thirty start for the morning session. And, and then, um, and I think around three o'clock local time is when they we started you off for the um, for the afternoon session. But you know, I was really curious that night. Like, what are these two guys going to do? I mean, they're they're you know they didn't sleep well. You know they're exhausted. You know that they're fully aware of what's on the line. And you guys, I think we spoke about it uh, at some point, and I was incorrect. I said that you guys shot sixty as a four ball. Um, with concessions, you guys actually shot 59 as a four ball in the morning session, which I don't still do not understand how two guys that know what's on the line have to be nervous, have to be tired. And you guys go out and I think you're, you dropped like birdies, like what'd you bury the first three holes? If I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Rattled off three in a row to start. I mean, did you see that day starting like that? I'm guessing not. <laughs> Uh, no, absolutely not. I, I mean, I, I knew I just had to go out there and uh, kind of do my thing, but uh, I was just kind of, kind of see what happened, and then I got off hot. 
Uh, that was it was kind of nice, you know, a little more relaxing, uh, definitely. But yeah, you it, shot. It kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, you shot sixty-five on your own ball in the morning with concessions, um, and and just, I mean, of course he makes the comeback to bring it close on eighteen, but you're still, I mean, he had to play hell of a golf in the back nine just to just to bring it, you know, just to bring it close. At some point, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, you know, you know where this thing ended up, and and. I mean, gosh, you know, runner up at the USAM to get all those things. It's fantastic. Was there ever a point in the match where you were thinking to yourself, I, I, I got this. Did you ever get ahead of yourself? Uh, I, I have to say maybe a little bit, um, definitely being, uh, five up through 12. Uh, yeah, I was a little excited, but I, I told myself like, there's a, a lot of golf left. Sure. Um, and I, I just need to stay within my game and that type of thing. Um, so no, yeah, definitely, definitely was a little, definitely pretty excited, but, uh, I think I, I tried to stay within myself for the most part and, uh, just managed to cool down a little bit after that. I kind of pulled a, a little bit of a DJ, um, what he did this weekend, kind of 11 under through 11 part in, but, um, no, I, yeah, how about that guy? How about that guy? I mean, guy guy shoots 60, he got, well, he shoots 60 and everyone is like thinking he's a, He's kind of a choke artist because he only shot sixty. No, I mean, I, I you're just you're just running hot, and then all of a sudden it's just yeah. I don't know. It, it just, I mean, it, it's still a hell of a round. I oh mean, no, no, I I I know that. I just find it funny. But like, I know it's people like kind of bash on guys that finish off slow when they're that hot and yeah. almost call it a choke job for not shooting fifty nine. But yeah, I mean that that's the craziest start to golf I've ever seen in my life. And he shoots thirty under for the tournament, which is just that's bonkers. That, that freaking domination. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Um, one of my other highlights of the week was, and this was not televised, thank God, but because um, it's just it's so. I, anytime I ever saw you, you were looking at me like you expected me to say something to you, and <laughs> I didn't do that with any players because I would, you know. For on my side, I'm like, you know what? Don't say anything unless they say something to you because it'll be just my luck where the live scoring will be delayed and I'll say something dumb like, hey, playing well, right? And they'll just be coming off of it like a, a double or a triple. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But I drive out there, and I guess for some reason um, you were hanging behind after you hit your tee shot on 11 and everyone, you know, Tyler and the TV crews or the cameras or whatever, they're all ahead. And you're just walking by yourself, and I'm just pulling up in the golf cart. And you look over, and I already know that, like, okay, I know where he's at. He's four up or five up or whatever. And you're looking over at me, and I'm just like, what are you doing? And you say, I don't know. And I just was like, that's, the, <laughs> I'm like, that's perfect. Because you, you remember this, right? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm guessing I, I really didn't know. I mean, I, I was in full blackout mode. You, uh, I you, think I was six under at that point. Yeah, and I was just like, "What are you doing?" And you're just like, "I'm gonna go play golf now." I'm like, "All right, get out of here. Have a good time." <laughs> the craziest thing. Um, so you 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 obviously you know you you get all the great things that are coming to you as a, a U.S. Amateur finalist. Get to play in the Masters. Get to play. And another thing about that is, it's not just you get to spend like you know one week in Augusta. You are. I'm assuming you are going to really take advantage of all the practice uh, opportunities between now and then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've I've, <laughs> I've had a lot of people come up to me and uh, 
offered me to go play at uh, some some of the best places in the world, and uh, including Augusta. There's some guys at Trinity out here that would. Uh, uh, I think I had to get my invite first, and but they said they love to take me out and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely. Uh, people are uh, treating me a little different, which is a little weird. How about that? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I feel a little more respected, but uh, it, it is different because I, I was for the last couple, I was up at Montro probably uh, for like the last week or so, and I would got probably fifty guys that would come up with to me and eat lunch with me, and I had no idea who they were before. Uh-huh. Yeah, all so the, uh, all of a sudden you're uh, all of a sudden you're the hot girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everyone. it's it's uh, full interesting for sure. So so not only do you have to process all the great opportunities that are coming your way with with playing in in, in these great uh, tournaments and but now you have to kind of look at people differently that are coming up to you because you're like, all right, what do you want? Like <laughs> like you just saw me a week. You just saw I'm the same guy a month ago. What's different about me now? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was uh, I was actually talking to. Uh, right when I made it to match play, I was talking, had dinner with uh, a Meisner, the Meisners, and I, I told them I'm trying to be meaner because I, I come off like too nice. Uh-huh. And I, so like some people have described it like if they beat me, it's like beating a bunny. Uh-huh. Um, so I I'm tr- I tried to be a little meaner, but I, I, it's kind of hard when guys are just as nice. But uh, I, I tried to work on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't successful. I just tried to shut up and not say anything. I think um, that's really all you got going for you, dude. Cause if I think if you just stop <laughs> talking and just kind of have a, that glazed over look on your face and just make birdies, I think that's really the best way. Cause I, I don't, I, yeah, I see the bunny thing. I kind of get it. Yeah. If I open my mouth, it's like game over. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Whatever comes out, just. Uh, like even by the tone of my voice, it's just not good. Yeah, it's not. You're not intimidating. You're not intimidating at all. But that's okay. Your your game is. But you yourself, it's you know. I'm sorry to have to break that to you, but it's yeah. It's uh, it's just not me. It's Maybe not I'll me. try to go full Bryson mode. Maybe I'll be a little scarier then. I mean, good luck with that. I uh, I mean, well, I, I'm guessing you're also. I mean with all the media that you've received and all the videos and the pictures and the, and the interviews, I'm guessing you're just pulling all sorts of chicks right now. Aren't you? I'd love to say that, but I've gotten so many messages from dudes <laughs> and way too many dudes. A lot of dudes. It's just all dudes. No, I, n- nothing, nothing from the, nothing from the female persuasion. No, nothing like Ollie. You're so cute. You're so great. I saw you on TV nothing just dudes it's like it's maybe like a couple more chick followers but at least a thousand of those followers were dudes like 99 percent of them and then all the dms hey man great playing right uh i hope to see you soon (laughs) and you don't know who these people are either yeah i was i was so confused so is this so is this something you've talked to your psychologist about the fact that you can't parlay all this this stardom into uh, I mean have, have you have you opened up to the psychologist about that? Uh, we're not on that level yet. I understand. Okay. Uh, it's easy. just I think uh, just just about you right now is the 
Oh, wow. Um, I didn't realize and, that. And probably Steven and my dad. Okay. All right. Well, I, but, uh, I think I think you're in the bubble oh, for I'm that the, one. Oh, I'm in the bubble. Okay. I'm in the mm-hmm. bubble. Oh, yeah. Well, let's see how let's see how taxing that's going to be. Um I don't know if I can I can I'll, I'll do my best. I'll see if I can help you out a little bit. Um Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, whatever I can do to help. So, um all right, so you're back in school and you're at SMU kind of taking classes, kind of doing the remote learning thing and then really not entirely sure what your fall schedule is going to look like. So how do you kind of come down from the high of the U.S. Amateur and then settle into normal college life again? It's uh, It's been weird for sure. Um, kind of doing that half and half classes. Um, some days I go to school, some days are virtual. Um, but it's hard to look forward to something. It's almost like we just got out of school for quarantine again. Um and like you just have nothing to look forward to, but you just try to practice and yeah. uh, play with your teammates and uh, try to have a little fun in between, for sure. Um, but it's hard. It is. Well, Ollie, listen, it was a lot of fun to kind of follow you around that week at Bandon Dunes and just see how everything turned out and uh, getting to spend time with you and then Mac and, and just – it was a great week. I know that uh, you'll look back on it. I know a little bit of a sting by by not uh, by not winning, but um, gosh, a lot of cool things happening to you. So, I have a feeling yeah, we're gonna. I, I have a feeling we'll be talking um, talking again soon. This isn't going to be a weekly thing. I just want you to be aware of that. This, <laughs> I, I can't I can't hold your hand through everything, but uh, we'll definitely do it again soon. I, I appreciate you stopping by the back of the range. Oh no, thank thank you. I appreciate all you all you've done for us. So thank you. And that was Ali Osborne. Wow. Um, truly, truly a hysterical episode. Thanks to him for joining me on this episode of The Back of the Range. Uh, don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. Have a great weekend. We will see you again next time at The Back of the Range. <laughs>